Welcome to Own the Microphone. Join me, Bridget McGowan, an award-winning international professional speaker and owner of the independent publishing company, The Mac Talks Press. Hello there. Welcome to today's episode of Own the Microphone. I have been laughing and talking to today's guest for 35 minutes now. <laughs> and so I'm telling you this. I know I've said it before. I promise you this one is going to be a good one. Today I have Terry Broussard Williams with me. She is an award-winning lobbyist, philanthropist, philanthropist, social impact strategist, and professional speaker who has spent the last 20 years helping leaders and organizations create systematic change to further their missions. Recognized for her innovative approach and strategic insight, Broussard Williams's public service began as the youngest board member to sit at the table of the Lafayette Chamber of Commerce and has since continued through her involvement in international philanthropic and humanitarian organizations. Named one of five, one of the five most influential women in Central Texas by the Austin Business Journal. You will be inspired by this real life fire starter in more ways than one. And speaking of fire starter, she has released her first book entitled Find Your Fire. It, and I'm telling you, it's on fire. It's so hot. If you're ready to change the world, then Find Your Fire will ignite your potential with powerful stories and no-nonsense advice. You will meet social justice warriors, elected leaders, activists, social entrepreneurs, and other extraordinary leaders on a mission of change. Her book, Find Your Fire, has been named number six in the best nonfiction book of 2020 by Cosmopolitan Magazine. And it was an instant Amazon number one new release. And it was a number one bestseller uh, on Amazon, rather. The book is a must-have. You need to add it to your library, everybody. I hope I did that justice, Terry. <laughs> we are so happy to have you on. I'm like, it was about time we hit record before we didn't give people all the deets and all the things they're looking for. But it's such an honor and privilege to be sitting here with you because you are um, part of the text message hype chain email in the morning, in the night, just crew that helped me bring Find Your Fire to life, as well as part of the reason why I am now inspired to help others become public speakers. Just thank you for what you do and the community that you're building. Absolutely. I couldn't do it without people like you in the community. And I rely on go-getters like yourself to help listeners understand that speaking really is about finding that fire. Right. And, and I'm assuming this probably we're going to keep going back to that, finding <laughs> your fire right, right within you to give it to your audience. So, of course, as always, I have a line up of questions for you. Here's my first one. How do you I want I want you to pull out the secret sauce for us and, and just give it to us. How do you make sure that you are always giving your audience a performance that is on fire? How do you do that? Oh, wow. That's, it's so tough, right? Because some days we wake up and it is Monday. 
<laughs> and it is hot and humid and gloomy and we are too inside. And so for me, I have some routines that I always do before I speak to keep myself in that framework so that, um, it can be hot outside and I could be miserable, but my mind and my body knows exactly what I have to do to perform. And, and so some of those things are, um, I turn off my devices right before I speak, you know, and I just have a calm moment. And I always say a prayer to ask that. And I, I'm an imperfect Christian. And so I recognize that not everyone might want to say a prayer, but you still might have a mantra or something that you you say when meditating. And so for me, what that looks like is I want to be able to you know, explain my experiences and share my stories and do it in a manner that will energize others and inspire them. I, I feel like I have to ask for permission from the universe to bring that to the day and that experience for others. Um, and I stick to what I know. I stick to the things that I know will resonate with others. You know, if, if it has not been tried and tested, it is not for a big show. <laughs> you keep that for happy hour with your friends. <laughs> and, and last, the, the third, but definitely not the last of the list, but the last of what I'm going to mention um, is connect with people. So by the time you get to that, you know, that gig, there is someone on that team that you are connected with. So that you can get the energy um, of that crowd and you are already a, like a de facto member of their community. So when they introduce you, people will already feel your fire because the love that person has has been translated to that space um, and it is there. So think about ways that you can build and bring all of yourself to the speaking experience. My favorite thing you said, well, actually, there were two favorite things. One is bring all of yourself to the speaking experience. People will hold back, and I don't get it. Don't don't hold back. If there's ever a time when you need to make sure that you're showing up 100%, it's when you get on that microphone. That's, that's right. how you own it, is when you do exactly what you just said, Terry, and that's bringing all of yourself to the stage. But my other favorite thing you said was stick to what you know. And here's everybody why you should do that. I mean, there's the obvious, but I'm just going to put it out there. You stick to what you know, because when you do that, it makes it easy to riff off of topics. It's easy to go in another direction. It's easy to show your passion. It's easy to get hyped and excited if you stick to what you know. Don't try, don't, don't go out there perpetrating, <laughs> making the funk. Because I know, that's right. <laughs> you're, you're sure to flop. You're sure to fail if you go out there pretending to know something you don't know. And here's something else you want to do. To help yourself stay in your lane and make sure you're sticking to what you know, commit to only discussing three to five areas or three to five points in, in, in a topic. In, and that helps you stay on script. And so mm -hmm. if somebody asks you something that is outside of those three to five bullet points or agenda items, your response is, that is a really good point. That's a really good question. I came to discuss these three items, and I want to do that out of respect for time and, and just what I indicated, what I promised you. So these are the three things we're going to talk about. But no, stick stick to what you know. And then yes. Go fully. And then that also allows you to speak from a place of authenticity and sincerity. People don't like when speakers get up there and they do fake the funk, you know, you know, when someone's not being real and keeping it 100. And so, I mean, there are plenty of places that we can go to have, you know, performances, right. But when we are invited as a speaker, someone is inviting us as an extension of their mission. 
And we have a responsibility to own up to that mission and to bring it to life. I could not have said it better myself. (laughs) Well, and see, that's something that I don't think I talk about often with speakers. And that's the fact that when someone is bringing you in, you have a big, and not to scare people, but there's a a big responsibility on your shoulders. This person who's brought you in is sitting there holding his or her breath, hoping you don't do anything that's going to make them look awful. You want to make sure that you have that organization and the person that brought you in shining. Like you said, you're an extension of their vision and their mission. You, I, I mean, I like to tell people I work for you. During yes. the course of this presentation, you are my boss and, yeah. and you are essentially a, an employee on their roster for the time of that, that presentation. Okay. I could, I could. That's go right. <laughs> my next question for you is how do you make sure you, and we may have kind of talked about it a little bit, but how do you make sure you don't feel like an imposter and don't feel like you're, inadequate how how do you make sure that you just kind of stay on top of your game and feel like a rock star yeah I mean I start with being intellectually honest with myself you know you I get requests all the times for things that are they're not in my wheelhouse so if I pretend to know that topic it's I'm gonna show up pretending to know that topic right so I I say, no, I am not your hire for this. Let me introduce you to this friend, usually a, um, a sister speaker. You know, I want to make sure that a sister speaker is getting a gig because it's so hard for women to get speaking gigs. So I will do what I can to help another female out. But I also know some incredible men that don't discriminate. Um, so I will turn it over to that person because it the more deposits you can make in the good karma bank <laughs> – the more good karma that shows up in your life, right? Um, yeah, so I, I'm just always honest about what I know and what I can do. And I will also say that I have coached a couple of people that were looking to get started. And when I start to, like, break down the why they might not have gotten hired, every single time is because they tried to sell something that they couldn't deliver. People can hear that. And so instead of them calling you back when you are a fit, they're not going to call you back at all. And so your goal as a speaker is always to have that recommendation for the next gig or to get the next gig. So don't, don't scare people away. You know, it's not Halloween. Don't bring out the costume. Just be yourself. I mean, when you think about it, there are experts out there in the world on certain areas. There's no one person who's an expert on everything where every news outlet is calling you every single time something happens. If there's a natural disaster, they're calling this person to appear as a guest. If there is a medical emergency, they're calling that person to appear as a guest and so on and so forth. So it's about finding your lane and your fire and sticking Mm -hmm. to that. And then you're really able to, like you said, speak from a place of authenticity, speak from a place of passion. Yeah. Now, how how do you make sure every single time you do a presentation that your audience is walking away with a lesson? Well, let me back up and first say, is it is it always important to you that your audience walk away with a lesson or is it just, you know, it's okay if you just kind of do a great job and everybody's happy? I mean, what? Yeah. That's that's actually a great question. Um and it it I started to think about something else, you know. When I first started speaking, you know, and getting a check, because speaking and getting asked to talk is different than getting a check, right? 
I was marketing myself as this inspirational speaker. You know, I'm all things happiness and pep talks. And finally, someone sat me down and said, no, you know, this is not 20 years ago where it was okay to just be an inspirational speaker. You have to be an expert in something. Um, people hire you for your expertise, your experiences, and your storytelling. And that's why they hire you. And so, you know, for me, that, that hits a little differently because I truly am a person that wants to be a teacher. And so I, I do add that fourth bullet, even though, you know, when we speak, we like threes. Um, and that <laughs> is to make sure that people walk away with a lesson, something that they can learn, chew on, and want to take action on. So learning is one thing, but I want people to find that fire and I want them to take action. So I always end after the teaching with a call to action and asking people, if not you, then who, but hope that they raise their hand and stand up to be a person that is going to help make the world a better place. My personal mission in speaking is, is not to get on a stage and, and look cute. You know, some days you might get on the stage and look cute or to get on the stage to check a box. It is truly to help people create the change that they want to see in the world. And so if I am not giving them that teachable moment, the call to action to where they stand up and say, I'm ready, I have failed. So I love that you asked that question because I think as speakers are developing their speaker's kit or they are starting to market themselves, they really need to understand that intention and their personal mission so that they can feel um, totally fulfilled and realize their own wildest dreams. You want people to do something after they finish listening to you. And That's the right. number one question that you need to ask yourself as you're building your talk or as you're designing your presentation, your training, your workshop, your keynote, whatever it is, ask yourself, what do I want people to know? And more, import more importantly, what do I want them to do by the time I finish with my presentation? And then in my last minutes, how do I get them moving? How do I get them yes. doing something? Because it's, 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 you don't want them to just kind of clap and say, okay, that was nice. Okay. She was pretty. He, he looked, you know, pretty good up there. And then that's, that's some it. good slides. <laughs> right. Those were some real good looking slides. I wonder who designs his dicks, right? <laughs> You want, you want more than that. And I think that really helps with designing the presentation when you come from that vantage point of thinking, how am I going to get my audience doing something differently uh, after, after hearing me? Now, we talked about looking pretty or for fellas looking handsome on the stage. <laughs> Part of that comes from your attire. And, and I've had different guests have different points of view on attire. What's your take on attire and presentations? Well, I actually talk a little bit, a bit about this in your compilation, Own the Mic. So, you know, my attire helps me own and rock the mic. <laughs> I tend to sort of wear the same thing all the time <laughs> for a couple of reasons. One, I'm not going to have to think about it. You know, too, like when you speak, you always got to get a picture of you talking. If there's not a shot of you with an audience, you have failed. <laughs> you have failed your personal report card. Um, and so you also want those pictures to be cohesive and to look alike. So I tend to wear things that are in the same 
you know, color family. For me, it's, it's black. And since Find Your Fire is always going to be red or purple because that's the cover of the book. Um, but even before Find Your Fire, I found myself drawn to like bright blues or reds because they just connote like this good energy. If it was a, a more business audience, it was always this royal blue. Um, you know, and if it was a situation where I needed to have power or like extra energy, is going to be red. Um, you know, and so that allows me to shine. Now, again, for the ladies, um, you know, I also keep in mind all of those things when thinking about my makeup, you know, so um, depending on the speaking engagement, I might actually get my makeup done. Um, but a lot of times I do it myself. I have, I have learned to glue the lashes during COVID. It's been great. <laughs> <laughs> We've all learned so much during yeah, COVID. Yeah. We could go down the list. <laughs> I can glue the lashes. But so, <laughs> you know, I am going to wear lashes on stage because they allow your eyes to speak more. And I am not a person for like big anything, but I'm going to wear the really, you know, thick lashes with a lot of volume and put mascara. And you can tell the difference in video and in pictures. Um, I tend to wear a nude lip so that my lips aren't super distracting and so that you can really see my mouth move and my teeth and my expressions, but you're not distracted. Now, if I'm speaking on a stage for a gala, I will wear a red lipstick because you need it when it's dark. And so all those things not only ended up ends up giving you the confidence that you need to do well, but they also allow you to have this cohesive look um, when you create your marketing materials. The one thing that I've learned the the hard way, um, you know, and it, it this might sound really bad, but um, take it for for what you will. But people want to see what they bought. So don't show up not looking like your website. <laughs> don't show up like you just got out of a pool and you're going to speak to some executives, right? That is not what they bought. Um, and so in crafting that, the most important thing I want you to take away is not to wear thick lashes because you don't. It, it's to be yourself. So if any of those things don't allow you to be yourself, it is not what you need to bring to the stage. I agree. I agree. That, that was a really, uh, those, I love the points that you made because you went in a totally different, well, not a totally different direction, but a different, a direction that we don't typically hear. Usually people are talking about uh, specific pieces to wear or what have you, but I like that you talked about colors and especially for my women listeners. I love that you talked about these are the colors that you wear. If it's a business audience, these are the colors that you wear if you want to convey energy, right? So, you know, again, those colors are going to be red if you're wanting to convey energy. Orange is a good one for conveying energy, right? And then there are certain colors that look better on camera than other colors. Uh, purple looks fantastic on, on camera, which is one of your find your fire colors. Uh, that, that violet looks fantastic on camera. Cobalt blue looks fantastic on camera. Kelly green looks fantastic on camera. And I don't have anything. I love a bright green on camera. I have, I mean, strangely enough, strangely enough, I have a Kelly green blast just right across the way that I just got from a store yesterday, but I digress. So those are going to look great for men. You really want to go with traditional, that traditional look, your darker colors, your navy blues, your charcoal grays, your 
chocolate browns, your blacks. I mean, black doesn't have a lot of personality, but I tend to wear black almost every day of the week. For yeah. those in, black in, is always strong on stage. It's always strong on stage. It's always going to fit with your color scheme, no matter your brand, right? If you're trying to keep things in a certain uh, category of colors and you're not wanting to clash or anything like that for your website, getting pictures that are always going to kind of be cohesive, then black. Yeah. I mean, seriously, if you're, if you're trying to decide on what you should wear, always keep some classic black outfit, men and women keep that on hand i can't tell you how many black dresses i have yeah oh same here <laughs> and just like limited prints you know yes prints are so distracting and yes. they don't ever look good on stage and i have made some yeah. mistakes where it comes to prints um don't judge but <laughs> you know we learn we live and we learn the one tip that i will say um well two actually is i tend to um move easier on stage when it is a one-piece dress. I just feel more comfortable. It's not as confining. The other thing, too, male or female, always pack an extra outfit when you travel. Like, always pack an extra outfit when you travel because you just never know what's going to happen. Um, I have gotten out of a taxi and ripped, wet my skirt. So um, you just, you got to be ready for everything. Uh, an extra outfit and an extra pair of shoes. It'll just That's be, right. it'll just happen that the shoelace is going to break on those, those loafers. Well, they're not loafers if they have shoelaces, but the, the <laughs> laces are going to break on that shoe. The heel is going to get stuck ladies and break whatever so an extra at least one extra outfit and at least one extra pair of shoes you are spot on about that i've I've had a snafu as well but moving on yes (laughs) but it's funny how much we're talking about attire uh but it just plays such a huge role last question for you what is one thing terry because your community is going to listen to this what is one (laughs) thing that would surprise your audience about you oh my gosh y'all oh wow (laughs) what is the i'm trying to think like what is the wackiest thing oh this is kind of funny um i don't like to use my hands to eat i know that is not what you were what you were thinking was coming but (laughs) i love some french fries some truffle french fries and i will use a fork to eat french fries and i also have to have ketchup even though they're truffles and in the ketchup i actually like to put splenda it sounds so gross but y'all it is so good and one time i spoke to mcdonald's and this was right after covid and i'm like y'all are bringing happiness to people mcdonald's is pretty open because people like me can use a fork to grab a french fry and dip it in their ice cream that's also good too. <laughs> okay, so you know what? Maybe it's the salty sweet combination. Maybe, Maybe that's it because I'm over here. I'm trying to make sense of it because I, I've done some interesting things with food myself, and I'm, I don't like eating with my hands either. And I think that's my issue with wings. I don't eat wings, and I, I think that them. might be the problem. Oh, I can use a knife and a fork and not leave a piece of meat on that bone. It's like my, oh, wow. my party trick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're totally talented. Yeah, yeah that. <laughs> If you ever are in a beauty competition, a pageant or anything like that, that is going to be your talent on the stage. Yes, yes, indeed. (laughs) Not singing, not dancing. I can't do any of that. (laughs) I can't either. (laughs) Terry, it has been an absolute pleasure. 
<laughs> this we gotta was, do this again. This was too much fun. <laughs> we, we, yeah, we should. Yeah, there should be a, a volume two to this. This was super, super awesome. And I trust the listeners got some fantastic takeaways. I know I have a couple written down on my little notepad here that I am going to take with me going forward with presentations. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you for just creating this community of people. You know, I wish I would have had a podcast like this when I got started. You know, I wish I I had someone that I could have texted and just say, is this a crazy idea? Um, You know, so many people, when they're getting started building a brand or speaking, they just don't go because of that fear, because they don't have that, you know, text message chain, just giving them the hype messages every day. So you are creating this for people. And so I love that you're helping people find their fire and creating change in whichever way they are teaching audiences through their talks. So thank you. Well, absolutely. All my pleasure. I love what I do and I love getting the opportunity to spread the love, spread the fire with people like you. <laughs> awesome, Blossom. Listen, everybody, I trust you enjoyed this episode. I will catch you next time. In the meantime, make sure you always own the microphone. <laughs>